Your RPG campaign sucks. Wait, come back, I'm just kidding! Do I have your attention now? Your campaign might be good, but it may be missing a little something. That's where Battle Bards comes in. Battle Bards is premium tabletop audio to take your game to the next level. Is your player's level 5 fighter ready to smack an orc in the face? Battle Bards has a sound effect for that. Is your level 3 rogue ready to talk some information out of a barkeep? Battle Bards has the voice acting for that. Are your characters ready for a halfling camp song that raises spirits and shows your players a better time? Battle Bards is here for all your fantasy audio needs. And with the MFG cast, we can help out. Go to BattleBards.com right now. Sign up for an account. And with purchasing a $10 and $25 package, use the code MFGCAST1 and you get a free song, The Dwarf Temple, The Soul Forging Score Music. If you're into buying $50 and $100 packages, you'll get five total tracks on us for free with using the code MFGCAST2, including A Monsterscape, I Monster Combat, Behold Extermination, The Soundscape, Dungeon, Dungeon of Loss, Inhabited, the NPC script, Armorsmith, Steel and Silk, and the sound effect, Short Bow Arrow Barrage. And if you're really ready to get into that fantasy audio, buy your $150 and $300 packages and get 10 total tracks, one full album for free from us by putting in the code MFGCAST3, including music, Dark Elf City, Morning Doer, score music, the sound effect, Magic Missile Spell, the Monsterscape, common giant, torture, hill giant, and entertaining at home. Also, racial language, orcish, orc, brute, lashes out. And including soundscape, castle ruins, ruins of the black castle at night. BattleBards has hundreds of great fantasy audio at your fingertips to use for that great audio enhancing experience for all your RPG gaming. Or, if you want to enhance your board gaming, or if you do something online, like say a podcast like we do, you can use all that fantasy audio, bring it up to the next level. You don't trust us? Well, how about Battle Bards audios being used for the Dungeon Rats podcast, the God's Fall podcast, or maybe you've heard a little something called Critical Role on YouTube, or them having a contract with the Roll20 app? Battle Bards has all your fantasy audio waiting and a big thank you to BattleBards for being a sponsor on the show. This is the MFG Cast. guys it's tracy and kurt we're here to give you a review on isle of monsters isle of monsters is a game by publisher mayday games game designers joshua debonis and nicola 
<laughs> sorry. These names are hard. Okay. <laughs> Reseski. <laughs> Guys, names are hard. <laughs> names are really hard. Reseski and artist Kawanchi Moria. And I'm sorry, I totally butchered everybody's name. This game plays 10 and up, 20 to 45 minutes, and it's a two to five player game. And you may ask, what is Isle of Monsters? I do. What is Isle of Monsters, Tracy? Well, let me tell you, Kurt. Okay. Okay. Far away, in the middle of somewhere, lies a small collection of beautiful tropical islands filled with unusual plants and even more unusual creatures. Uh Uh-oh. And I have to add, they're pretty cute creatures. Some of them are. The locals of the islands, fearless themselves, have learned how to use different combinations of local ingredients to transform the island's animals into delightfully scary monsters. Though harmless, the monsters are used by the locals to keep the outside world afraid and away from their tiny island paradise. So wait, so they give them food and they they're harmless, but we're just going to we're just going to make everybody else afraid by scaring them off. Yep. Sounds great. As tradition dictates, the locals compete to capture the best creatures. Feed them the right foods. Feed me, Seymour. And win scare competitions to determine who can earn the job of island protector. So, I'm going to ask you, did you and your fellow players take on the role of island locals and raise the scariest creatures? I think we did. Welcome to the Isle of Monsters. Yay. Now that we gave you a little intro to what the game is, the overview of the game uh, is played over a number of rounds. Each round consists of four phases. The nurture phase, the mature phase, the scare phase, and the cleanup phase. Over the course of the game, you work to capture, feed, and mature your creatures in order to scare the crowd and the other player's creatures to earn scare points. And the player with the most scare points at the end of the game wins. In the game of Isle of Monsters, there are, let's see, there's maybe five, six components. There are creature cards which I have to say the creature cards are pretty darn cute and funny, and they're supposed to be scary, sort of. Yeah, I think they're more cute than scary. I agree. They basically carry on the kind of the earth, water, fire aspect on the cards, and they have different point values. There is um, island boards, cage boards, There's a center island board that you utilize. There are the scare tokens that we're talking about that you earn throughout the game. There are wooden food tokens that you use to feed those lovely creatures. And that's about it for the components. But you wouldn't need any more than that. In the instructions, they have the entire setup, which is based on the number of players that you have, which is pretty straightforward. So let's get into and let's jump right into the gameplay. What do you think? Sure. Okay. The first phase is the nurture phase. So basically what you do is you start with the the player who has the draw bag. Oh, I'm sorry. That was a component also as a draw bag. (laughs) Oh, you're fired. Uh Oh, (laughs) and you move clockwise around the table and players take turns until all the players have passed. So on your turn, 
What you need to do is take one of the three possible actions. You need to capture, you need to feed, and you need to pass. So the capture phase would be the portion where you would capture a creature and you can take it, the top creature off of one of the boards that's around you. There are certain rules and there are certain boards that are by you that you're only able to take creatures from and you'd place it into one of those cages or the cage boards that I was talking mm-hmm. to you about. So basically what you do is you capture the creature, place it in there, and then you're going to want to go ahead and start feeding it. Mm-hmm. So once your um, creature is fed, then you can use it to scare people mm-hmm. throughout the game. And if I might add, well, the, one of the cool things about it is that it, it kind of limits you because everybody has a, for, as far as feeding and as far as capturing creatures, you only can only take what's on your left and your right. So depending upon the players, the more players you have, you can't reach across the table and get their food or their creatures. So that kind of that aspect is kind of fun to be like, okay, well, I have to figure out, oh, can I get this food? Oh, wait, I, I got to get what I can here and kind of plot it out that way. So I kind of like that. Except that the center island board is free for anybody. Yeah, that's true. So, but, but yes, yes, that it does make it a little bit more challenging for that aspect. And when you're feeding them, you can only take one food token at a time. Mm-hmm. So you have to strategize too to say, okay, so Kurt is next to me and he has a creature that needs one pink and I need one pink. And there's only one pink in between us. And it's my turn now. Do I want to capture another creature and put this creature in my cage? Or should I take another food token and take the only pink that's out there? Um, That type of thing. And also, depending upon how big or how small your monster is, is how much you would feed them. So, yeah. So, with your smaller monsters, sometimes you would only feed them one. And then with your bigger monsters, you could feed up to six. That you got to plan it out that way too. And the last portion of the nurture phase or one of the possible actions that you can take is to pass. Meaning, let's say you filled up all your cages or all of the food tokens are gone or the food token possibilities, you have fed your creatures every possible food that they can take mm-hmm. to their card. Then you can pass. So the first player to pass um, will actually take the draw bag and they become the first player in the next round. And then once the player passes, they no longer are able to take an action. Mm-hmm. And so oh, and sure. then all the other players can continue until they pass. So they can continue to fill their cages. They can continue to feed their monsters bellies or fill their monsters bellies and then they can pass um and and continue on that way. So that is the nurture phase. The second phase is the mature phase. And all players look at their cages and determine whether they've completed the feeding stage of their for their monsters. So what? So how would you fu- how would you fully feed your monster? How do we know that they're fully fed? Well, they don't look hungry anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and you you ask Tracy, what does that mean? <laughs> and then I say, Kurt, you silly guy, the the card. All of the food tokens, all the little circles on the cards are covered with food tokens. And then you say, voila, this monster, this monster is mature. This monster is fed. And then you can take that card 
and you can keep it. Sweet. Near and dear to your heart. Okay. Does that answer your question? Uh-huh. Okay, cool. So then what happens is they remove their creature from the cage, return all of those food tokens back into the draw bag because those are reusable. Cool. So it's not like we're out of luck once they're done. And then every every player does that, I should say. And they then you move on to the scare phase. So that's a really quick that's a really quick phase is the yeah, mature phase. For sure. Totally. Mm-hmm. Sorry. <laughs> Please take that part. Out. No, I'm gonna leave it. <laughs> okay, scare phase. No, I don't like the scare phase. Boogie boogie. Ah. Okay, during the scare phase, players repeat three steps to score scare points until everyone is out of creature cards. So, if I can go back one portion at any time, Kurt or anybody who's playing the game can ask another player how many mature creature cards that they have. So, let's say I fed five creature cards. You're supposed to keep them a secret, so you're supposed to keep them face down because during the scare phase, which we'll talk about a little bit more, now you want to compile each of the, you know, water creatures you or monsters you have together. Creatures, monsters, creatures. I keep maybe flipping between the two words. They're all the same. Okay. Creature, monster. Creature monsters, you're supposed to compile them together to see who is the scare champion. Anyhow, you can ask at any time how many somebody has, so you can probably figure out and, and strategize a little bit more. Yeah, but, which we never did, which is kind of cool. I like that. Yeah, I, I noticed that as I was just looking. I'm like, ooh, I'm going to add that little tidbit in there. So, anyway, what happens with the scare phase? So, you play your creature creature cards. Um, you scare the crowd. And you scare other players, creatures. So first, to play creature cards, each player takes all of their mature creature cards. So of course, if you don't have any mature creature cards, say it's the first round and you never, uh, you were mean and you never finished feeding your creatures, you can't participate in this round. You just watch the other folks that you're playing this game with. Okay, so it says everyone who has at least one creature card must choose one or more creature cards of one single type. So the blue water, the brown earth, or the yellow fire to play. Once you have chosen your creature cards, you place them face down on the table, covered by your hand to indicate that you're ready without revealing the number of chosen cards. So this is top secret, people. So once all players are ready, everyone simultaneously flips their selected creature cards face up on the table. So when we were playing, we laid them down and we said, one, two, three, and then we, I think we slammed our hands on the table or something, and then we flipped them over to see who, who got it. And then what you do is you scare the crowd. So you add up the total scare value of the creature cards. And the scare value is the number on the left top side of the card. And if you have the highest total, you get three points of a scare token from the supply. If there's a tie, all tying players take one point scare token. So it's not that you don't get any points. You each just get one. And then you keep all scare tokens face down near you. And what was cool about that is you kind of keep those a secret too so you have no idea who's winning the game mm-hmm. which was pretty nice so and then the third third thing is scaring other creatures 
if you remember me mentioning that information overload maybe but <laughs> so what you do then for the second part of it is as you're also flipping the cards you are also looking at who's scaring who right so who's do you want to ask who Sorry, yeah i had to do my so, acdc impression okay he he's getting a little weird on me so do you do you what it's late it's late <laughs> i thought you said it's like Players take a one-point scare token for each adjacent player with a played creature card type that they scare. And then, of course, the scare phase is repeated through multiple rounds. Yep. And then the last phase is the cleanup phase, where you replenish the food because, of course, throughout um, one of the rounds, you're taking the food tokens to feed your creatures if you're not a cruel person. And then you also um, replenish the creatures. So there is a stack of creatures that you um, replace until a certain point of the game, which I'll talk about in a second. But you um, draw and replace those creatures as each round progresses. And then you're ready for the nurture phase again. And you just continue with the nurture, mature, scare, and then the cleanup phase again. And then at the end, what triggers the game end is when the last creature card is dealt from the deck, then the final round begins. This final round is played as normal, except that players may skip the final cleanup phase. So obviously you would not have to put out more food for the creatures because there won't be that phase anymore. And you won't have to replenish creatures because there won't be any creatures to replenish. And then at the end of the final round, calculate your total number of scare points. And that's kind of when I was talking about keeping your tokens secret or stacked so that you can't tell whether, you know, the person next to you has three points or one point or whatever. Yep. Keep them secret. Keep them safe. Yes. Top secret. Um, And then the player with the most points wins the game. And that, folks, is the game of Isle of Monsters. (laughs) Um, That's all we have for you today. Thank you for joining us for this review of what? We didn't even talk about our what we thought oh. about it. <laughs> Thanks for coming. You'll never know how we feel. Goodbye. <laughs> Holy shit. That was awesome. Thanks, guys. Whatever. Now we'll talk about how we felt about the game. So on the MFG cast scale of goodness, what do you call it? <laughs> We just call it a rating system. Um, MFG cast rating system. We have a choice between four, or we pick between four options. The love it. Obviously, it is what it is. We love it. We can't get enough of it. Yay, go out and buy it. Tell everyone about it. Do, 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 do. We like it. We play it again. It may not be our first choice, but... We wouldn't die having to play it again. It's okay. We'd play it again if there was no other option. Or, meh, we really didn't like it. We don't want to play it again. It was not a game for us. So, Kurt. Yes. On that. Yes. Four option scale. Yes. What would your choice be and why? Cool. Um, I would say I love it. 
I think the art is awesome. I think the gameplay is fun. It kind of reminds me of North uh, North Star Games' evolution, where you're feeding monsters and you're also fighting monsters. Except for this is a little more cutesy and a little more a little more fun. Um, we played this with our son Logan, and he has a blast with it. He just loves the monsters. He loves trying to get the big monsters so they can dominate over everybody. But that doesn't quite go go according to plan all the time. And I would like to give this the, I'm going to give this the unofficial MFG cast seal of approval because I just, I love it. I dig it the most. I think it's just a ton of fun. This is a game that I don't think I would never, I don't think I would not be in the mood for because I just, I like it. I think it's, I think it's fun. I think it's cute. I think it's a quick game. I think it's got, it's actually got some strategy to it where, you know, it's not a ton of strategy, but enough where it's just. I don't know. It's a great time. So I love it. What about you, Tracy? Well, I would rate it the exact same way as you. I love it also for the art, which is awesome. It is interesting that it's called Isle of Monsters, I suppose, because, well, I suppose not all monsters are scary. Mm -hmm. I don't think they're really scary monsters. And I think, think I mentioned that before. Yeah. They're awfully cute. Mm -hmm. Um, and I say this often when we play it, that I think some of them are so cute I could tickle them if they were <laughs> in real life. I was really wondering if you were going to say that, because you said that a lot when we were talking about the, when we were playing this game. So I They're so cute! <laughs> like, especially the littler ones that you only feed, like, one or two food tokens to, They they're, you can tickle them. Yeah, little... They have, like, little, little, um, like, little pieces of earth on their head, and they're, like, you can totally tickle them. Mm -hmm. Anyway, they're super cute. It is a really fun, easy game to learn. And I think that playing it as a two-player game versus a three-player game, I think it's the same kind of feel, but it is different. Mm -hmm. And which made it different types of strategy because you... I don't know. I think you just had to think about it just a little bit different. Mm -hmm. Because you throw one more person in there and then you... You really had to think a yeah. little bit more about, you know, during the scare phase and, you know, I, I guess during all the different phases on like what you had to do. And it's a nice quick game, but it doesn't have to be like super, super fast. Mm -hmm. And like you said, Logan really liked it. He thought it was fun. He, his goal was always to get the super giant monsters, but they take a lot to feed them mm -hmm. too. So love this. Love yep. this game. Yep, and I I agree with you that with the two player part. I think that with the two player game, it's got a little more strategy because you have I think you get two two cages or something like that. I can't remember exactly what the two player variant had on it, but but you know it had a little more of a strategy to it. Yeah, yeah, and you get you get to play with two cages, so you get to play with six monsters, so that you know kind of makes it for a little more strategy and stuff like that. But um, we played it's a four player game, and we played with. Three is the most that we play with, but I think this is a game that uh, I love every player count. But I think this this is a game that plays better with more players because you have a little more strategy on grabbing other people's stuff, and you're like, "Oh, I'm gonna grab your food," and they're like, "Oh, I'm gonna grab this monster that I really wanted of yours," and stuff like that. So I think it lends itself to a bigger play group, or actually five players since it's a five player game. Uh, <laughs> did if, you say if four? I would? Yeah, if I would have paid attention at the beginning, which I did not, and I hope you were. 
yeah, I just I think it plays. I think it would play be uh, better. It's almost you know it's not a party game, but I almost think if you have a good gaming group, it could be a good fun little party game for everybody. So that I. But it that. wasn't. But it wasn't bad as a two player game, and I think that the the instructions and everything were great. Mm-hmm. Like they were they were easy because I think some instructions get like way too complicated Mm -hmm. and i think they called out the stuff that they needed to call out so that you could understand it and they broke it out and you could really find um what you needed to in whatever phase you maybe had a question on as you were playing it for the first time i don't know i just thought overall it was very good very colorful game Mm -hmm. i don't know i loved it yeah and for what you get in it with the components of the boards and the cards and the little uh food tokens and stuff like that this game is has a retail of 30 dollars, which is pretty darn good for what you get i was gonna ask you how much it retailed at yeah and so i you know i think getting this at 30 dollars or, or less is a steal of a deal so i really think it's it's worth your money and gets a lot of plays so cool yeah well that's what we had for you as our review of isle of monsters by mayday games this is tracy and this is kurt and this is the mfg cast Legends of Tabletop Podcast, creating legends one die at a time.